Welcome to the 12th House Podcast. I'm Michelle Pelazon, your host and the head witch in charge here at Holisticism. And I want to talk about archetypes and I want to talk about costumes and I want to talk about basically embodying an archetype and their aesthetics and all that that entails. And we are talking about multiplicity on the 12th House Podcast over the next, or over the last couple of weeks and the next couple of weeks. And the idea that we can contain multitudes as spiritual people, not a new thought, but you know, so much of authenticity work is sort of oriented around a reducing down, right? Like I'm going to boil myself all the way down to this nugget and this is who I am. This is an authentic nugget versus maybe saying, oh, wow, I actually don't need to like reduce myself down or make myself smaller in order to be authentic. I can be authentic in my bigness and in my dynamism and in my areas of myself that maybe don't make the most sense, quote unquote, next to each other to you. But the only thing that needs to make sense is that they make sense to me and that I like them and that they're parts of me and I'm the through line. So I can be interested in in two very, very different things. I can have two polar opposite perspectives and both of them can be true and both of them can be authentic and all of them can be authentic to me. And I think often when when we hear about authenticity in the spiritual space, people say, you know, how does the authentic you show up? How does, how do they dress? What does their hair look like? What's their, you know, what kind of car do they drive? I feel like in manifestation, a lot of the conversation is that. What is, what about your future self? Like who, who is that person? And like, what do, what kind of house do they live in? And that's cool. I love that stuff. I I love doing future visioning and figuring out like, whoa, who's that person going to be? And what kind of life are they going to have? That's cool. And I don't think that we have one authentic self. And so I don't think we should have one authentic wardrobe. I think that we embody archetypes constantly, all the time. And we have infinite archetypes to embody that we could pull up whenever we need in order to get a task done or to do a specific job or to talk to a particular person. I went to a wedding this weekend and man, my archetype of the archetype that I need to go to a wedding and like be social and talk to people, um, especially strangers, is so different than the archetype that I need to rely on when I'm like with my team working or when I'm with my partner in my house hosting a small dinner for friends or when I'm with my parents. And those, I'm not being inauthentic in any of those situations. I'm being authentically myself, but I need different aspects of who I am and different skill sets in order to navigate those spaces. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I think that we sort of look down on being different versions of ourselves as if it's a bad thing. And I don't think it is as long as it still feels like an element of us. And that's why I want to talk about archetypes and dressing for your archetype and how fashion is a spell. And the way that you dress, the way that you design is like dressing a candle. That is spell work. We talk about archetypes inside of the North Node. At the very beginning of the quarter, we do a new moon sort of entree and we write down the archetypes that we want to embody in that quarter that we're going to need. And I fucking love doing this. I think it's so fun. I pull my my top three archetypes that I think I'm going to need in order to get done what I want to get done. So I look at my goals. I look at what's on deck. I'm like, all right, who am I going to call up? Who's going to be on my team to help me do this? What elements of me need to really like come out and shine and pop and be ready to work or ready to play or whatever? And who are they? And I start to get really specific about those archetypes. And I figure out, well, what would they wear? 
How would they wear their hair? Like what type of makeup would they wear? What shoes do they like to wear? What kind of songs do they listen to in the morning? What does their morning routine look like? And all of that helps me embody this character of the version of me who can get and walk through the world in the way that I desire from this archetype. So the version of me who walks through the world, let's say with my partner on Sunday morning, we always go down and we grab coffee on Sunday mornings by the LA River and we read the newspaper. It's our ritual. So that archetype, that character is very different and approaches getting coffee very differently than my power editor. My power editor is a badass. And not that my, you know, Sunday morning coffee person isn't, but when I am the power editor, which by the way is still me because I can do all the things, all the things that the power editor does, which is like, she's like so discerning and thoughtful and intelligent. And like Miranda Priestly, if Miranda Priestly was not an asshole, she's just like, got it. She's powerful in a good way. I need that person when I have like a really big day, when I have a long day of meetings and classes I need to teach and things that I'm excited about doing, but like, whoa, I'm going to have a big day today. I better be on. She is so different than my Sunday morning chill, drinking my coffee, eating my almond croissant, reading the style section of the New York Times archetype. So different. They're both me. Because I love both of those elements of me, all of those elements of me. And I think we can really help ourselves, first off, collapse a timeline by embodying these characters, right? Who help us pull up the skills or the tools and sort of amplify what's already inside of us. They shine a light a little bit more clearly, or maybe they add a filter that helps us see those tools more powerfully or use those tools more thoughtfully those skills that they have, just like a video game character has a certain set of skills and good traits and bad traits like their Achilles heel. Same thing with our archetypes. And there are some times where I'm going to need to pull up those extra powerful, good quality traits and also be an acknowledgement of the Achilles heel or the negative traits or qualities or the areas of opportunity that my archetype has. For example, my power editor can be kind of an asshole, you know, can be a bit strict, can be not so emotional and is so structured and sort of like cutting and not in a bad way. The best writers have the best editors and actually editors make writers good. They make the writers what they are because they strip away anything that's unnecessary and they're typically very ruthless with their editing. And that's because they see the gem. They see the gold. They see the goodness, right? And they're like, none of this fluff. It's taking away from the sparkle of what's really here. And that can also be like really aggressive and really scary if you are on the other end of it because you're like, why are you ripping apart my baby? And, And if you are an editor who's just dedicated to editing and not thinking about the human on the other side who might take those edits personally, then you will be an asshole. (laughs) You might be right, but you will still be an asshole. So when I put on my power editor archetype, when I embody that power editor archetype, I really need to be conscientious for myself okay, make sure that you don't turn into an asshole. And that's like easier said than done, right? To embody an arc. We can say it. We can say, oh, today I'm going to be this version of myself. Today I'm going to pull up these characteristics of myself that I know are inside of me. But I think we also need triggers. We need ritual triggers. And think about the rituals that we take on every day to embody the character of us. We dress ourselves every morning, most of the time, brush our teeth. We maybe put on makeup or do skincare or brush our hair or or not, you know, and that's a choice too. We eat a certain thing or drink a certain thing for breakfast. 
we have either a ritual or we don't have a ritual in the morning. And that impacts our day and how we show up, right? That's why people are like obsessed with morning routines because we want to know other people's morning routines and rituals because we want to embody part of their archetype and who they are. So we're like, oh, let me try that on. That's magic. That's ritual magic, you guys. Like that's sympathetic magic. Sympathetic magic is when we light like a red candle when we want something to happen quickly or we use herbs that have a specific meaning because when we use herbs for sympathetic magic, like when we use rose for love, right? We're going to get the the outcome that's connected to that plant or that crystal or whatever it might be, that flower. Or like we use a poppet, right? A, a little doll in the shape of a person or using a person's lock of hair and we create a spell for it. We do magic on it. Then that's sympathetic magic and it will be applied to the person that we want the spell to be applied to. And I really think that creating, that trying on someone else's routine, trying on someone's ritual in the morning is part of sympathetic magic. We are trying to be like them. We are casting a spell. We are going through the ritual process that they go through in an attempt to be more like them, to get the outcome that they have, which is their life. And so it makes sense that in order to like do we we already know how to do this right like just like we know how to do magic all the time we just we're not always thinking about it we need to be a little bit more intentional about it like when we talked about digital altars everyone wrote in and was like oh my god that makes so much sense yes totally and it does make sense it's not like rocket science it's obvious when you see it but you just got to start seeing it right you got to put on your little glasses and see the world through the magically mundane but I want to talk more specifically about this idea of trying on our archetypes and creating ritual triggers for each archetype that we want to embody and being really intentional about it. So instead of saying, oh, I just want to be like a badass today, or I just want to like be successful, or I just want to be more intuitive today. What if instead we picked an archetype? So let's say you want to be more intuitive. Okay, great. You're the intuitive witch. That's your archetype. What does the intuitive witch version of you, what do they wear? Do they wear jeans? Do they wear a white shirt? Do they wear a robe? Do they wear a hat? What do they look like? Really, really? What costume would they wear? What kind of makeup do they wear? Do they wear makeup? Do they brush their teeth? Do they brush their teeth with your normal Crest toothpaste or do they brush their teeth with baking soda? Do they wear essential oils or do they wear perfume? Do they wear underwear? What kind of underwear do they wear? What kind of shoes do they wear? And where would they go? What would the intuitive witch do on a regular basis? How would they start their day? Well, they'd probably start their day by lighting their altar and um, pulling some cards and maybe, I don't know, putting out some food for their cat. <laughs> and maybe an intuitive witch wouldn't just go to a co-working space. An intuitive witch would go somewhere vibey like a park or a hotel lobby that's like sort of dark academia or maybe they're going to work from their home or maybe they're going to work from their garden or maybe the, the intuitive witch doesn't work at all. And so when she comes out to play, that means that you're not going to be on your computer. And here's your next action. Write down what three archetypes you need to get what you want to get done in the next month. So Q4, quarter four of the year starts on October 1st. What did you want to do starting in July that you're like, oh my God, by the end of September, I really want this to happen. What was it? What were your goals? What were your dreams? What were your visions? Who are you going to need to help you get there? Who are going to be your archetypes, your characters that you need to play, that you need to pull up off, you know, off the bench in order to get to that moment? 
This episode of the 12th House Podcast is brought to you by Open. Open is a meditation, yoga, movement, and breathwork platform created to help you come home to yourself and come back to your senses. And we are obsessed with Open here at Holisticism. Maybe it's a cop out, but now that I've experienced Open, I get it. I get why I didn't stay on those other platforms because they just didn't do it for me. You know, I care about how things look. I care about aesthetics. I care about the type of teachers that I'm learning from and that I'm interacting with. And I also really deeply care about community. And I love that Open has all of those elements to its platform and what it does. Not only can I find classes that feel tailored to me and what I need in the moment, but everything about the platform makes me feel good and makes me want to stay. And the good news is we are giving you 30 days for free to try open for yourself. Don't just take my word for it, but like also take my word for it. Uh, but really don't just take my word for it. Go see what I mean. I'm a pretty critical person, pretty judgmental person when it comes to wellness apps. I'm not going to lie to you. And open blows me away consistently and anything like me, I think you're really going to enjoy it. So redeem your 30 day trial, your 30. So redeem your 30 day free trial at open by visiting the link below or simply going to o-p-e-n.com backslash holisticism. And that will give you your 30 day free trial and come take class. Shoot me a DM and let's sign up for class together. I would love to see you. And we've also got a bunch of classes listed inside of the Holisticism Hub. So if you want to take class with the rest of the homies, then you can totally do that. Come back to your senses on open. For me, the power editor was really important. When I need to embody my power editor, I've got a specific wardrobe that she wears. And I have a perfume that she wears and it's very different than what do I call my creative? Right now, my creative is a creative genius. It's a female creative genius based off of the archetype of Helen Frankenthaler or these like prolific postmodern creatrixes who are like always smiling in every single picture of them creating and making things. And so that's one of my archetypes that I embody. And, And I've got my power editor, right? And my power editor is so different than my, you know, prolific creative genius. And I need them both. And I need them on different days. Sometimes I need them on the same day, but usually I can stay in one lane at a time. And gosh, my creative genius is so different than my power editor. Like totally different outfit, jeans, white shirt, no makeup, sunscreen, messy hair, and like really like bare feet, dirty fingernails, just like getting out there, making things. When I am embodying my creative genius, I actually spend the morning making art and painting. It's the first thing I do when I wake up. And then for the rest of the day, I'm set. I'm like ready. I wear a special perfume. I wear like this essential oil instead of actual perfume. But my power editor is really different. When I am her, I wear structured clothes. I wear more fashion forward clothes. I wear slightly more feminine clothes. I wear red lipstick. I pull my hair back and I make sure that it's like it is done. It's either it's it's deliberate. I wear, like I said, a particular perfume that's like this androgynous unisex scent. And I wear a different set of shoes. And when I am dressed like her, I should definitely drink a coffee. I am different. I sit down to my computer in a different way. And the cool thing is all of these things are inside me. I know that I don't need to necessarily wear this costume, wear her outfit in order to call her up, but it's much easier. 
and it's much more fun. (laughs) And that's really what magic is, right? It's just more fun. We can get everything that we want. We can harness all of our power to sort of put it into the universe to get our hopeful desired outcome, but it's much more fun to do spell work, (laughs) to make a ritual out of it. That's what we're doing, but it's like much more enjoyable. And to me, that's the point of taking an archetype and using your clothing, using your accessories, your makeup, your scent, using it as a spell. Because we already are a lot of the time, but we're we're not thinking about it as magically. Using the way that you present yourself to the world and, and to yourself, really, the skin that you wear, that you live in, to get you closer to that desired outcome that you want. And that usually means thinking about why you want to be that. Why do you want to be the power editor? Why do you want to be the intuitive witch? Why do you want to be the creative genius? Why? What are you hoping will come from that? And the more you think about it, the clearer it it becomes, right? It it starts to sort of glimmer in front of you. And the more we can remember what we are creating towards, the more likely we are to get there. That's all, right? That's why magic works. It's because we have a desired outcome. (laughs) We rarely have a desired outcome in our day-to-day because we don't want to choose. We don't want to choose one thing because we're afraid to make a a bad decision. We're afraid to make a mistake. You can't. It's fine. Even if you do, you'll figure out how to fix it. So my recommendation, and you know, here's my argument. We're always embodying archetypes and characters, whether you are actively choosing it or not, whether you are actively consenting to it or not. So you might as well actively choose it and actively consent to it, as opposed to just like falling into some trend archetype, like the archetype of a Gen Z person or the archetype of like a trend chaser or whatever. I don't think that's going to make you feel good, you know? I think that we do this anyways with fashion and with the way that we present ourselves to the world. We, we picture who we could be and what we could be doing. And when we find something at the thrift store on Depop or even if we buy something new, we picture ourselves wearing it. We're like, what will I look like? Will I be laughing? Will I be holding a drink? Will I be on a date? Will I be pounding away at my computer? Like, What will it look like when I wear this thing? And that's future visioning, right? That's like future casting. That spell work. So let's be more intentional with our spells and use the, this thing that we have to use every day. And that's a ritual trigger, right? A trigger is just, or a trigger action is when we take something that we do every single day and we just make it more intentional and we add something else onto it. It's like habit stacking, like in Atomic Habits, where, okay, if I brush my teeth, I brush my teeth every day so I could stack a habit onto it, like doing a push up, right? So every time I brush my teeth, I do a push up or five push ups or whatever. And eventually I'm doing a push up or 10 push ups every morning because every time I brush my teeth, I do them and I'm going to sort of trick myself into getting stronger. We can create a ritual trigger, right? Where because I have to get dressed in the morning, I can make a ritual out of it. Because I have to make coffee in the morning, I can make a ritual out of it. Because I have to drive to my co working space or drive to my office, I can make a ritual out of that. And not everything needs to be precious, right? And so meaningful and important. A ritual can be something small. It can be something fun. It can be something delightful. It can be putting on red lipstick. It can be swirling sugar into your coffee cup and saying, I'm going to have the sweetest day. These things all matter and they're fun. And when we think about embodying all of the, the dynamic elements of who we are, like let's really honor them as opposed to only letting one version of ourselves really shine and be seen. What might happen if we let our different archetypes out? if we let them be embraced by the world around us, if we let them shine and stand in their glory and stand in their genius, how might your life change? And how might you be able to collapse a timeline more quickly? 
just some just some curious questions I'm asking. So that's my spiel. That's my those are my thoughts on embodying archetypes and characters and costumes. So I'd love to hear from you. Did this resonate? Did it land? And if you want to guess my other archetypes that I'm trying to be this quarter, really pulling up this quarter, let me know. And I could foresee some questions about like, well, I, what if I don't want to change my wardrobe all the time? Well, you don't have to. You totally don't have to. That's that's fine. You can do whatever you want. You get to choose your archetype and what they wear. So maybe your power editor doesn't wear structured suits like mine. Maybe she wears jeans and a white shirt or they wear jeans and a white shirt. That's fine. This is not about consumerism. This is about embodiment. So that's what I have to say. I hope you enjoyed this. Let me know what you think. Let me know what your archetypes are that you are embodying and I will see you on the internet. Okay, bye.